Okay, so we are in week three of our sermon series about mental health that we are calling Peace of Mind. And like so many things do, we started in the beginning. So we kind of started in the garden, right? And we started about at creation, how God created all kinds of stuff, rocks and dolphins and birds. But he also had like the crowning achievement of his creation, and that was that he created us. He created human beings different than animals, different than plants, different than mountains or trees. We're different because we are created in God's image. And the Bible says that we are wonderfully complex. And this is the dividing line between humans and every other creation. We're, because we're, we're so complicated. We're, we're physical beings, and at the same time, we're spiritual beings. And at the same time, we're mental beings. And at the same time, we're relational beings. And so we know that God had this perfect plan and this perfect place for this perfect creation, and the idea was that they were gonna live forever, and it was gonna be awesome, and God and people were gonna be together all the time, and everything was gonna be wonderful. And then the serpent, right? And Satan brought sin, and mankind decided that, you know what, we don't need God's love. We don't need God's protection or provision. We don't need God to tell us what's right and wrong. We'll take care of that for ourselves, and we'll provide for ourselves, and we'll, and we'll protect ourselves, and we'll decide for ourselves what's right and what's wrong, and that was the fall of mankind. And when mankind fell, we, we fell hard, and like the impact of that crash shattered humanity and it broke us and it broke us in every way it broke us physically because now people die it broke us spiritually because now we were separated from god it broke us mentally it broke us relationally even between us there's brokenness in our relationships now and so we were completely and utterly broken in every way but then now as christians we know that through jesus we're healed and we're restored, and we're redeemed spiritually, right? So the part of us that connects us to God is healed now. And last week we saw that sometimes God also heals us physically. Sometimes God also heals us mentally. Sometimes God also heals us relationally, and some of those healings are immediate, and some of them are like a super slow process, and some of them seem like they take forever and he heals us in all kinds of ways, right? He heals us supernaturally, he heals us naturally, he heals us medically, but the best healing is when God heals us ultimately. Ultimately, God is gonna heal us completely and that's gonna happen when Jesus comes back. And the verse we've been looking at is Philippians 1, 6. It says, I'm certain that God who began this good work in you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So right now, he's working on us and he's healing us in every way, physically, mentally, relationally. He's healing us, he's changing us a little bit at a time, but on the day that Jesus comes back, it's gonna be ultimate healing, it's gonna be complete healing, and we're, he's gonna finish that work. And we are gonna be like Jesus. And so this is hard for us to like even picture, but in eternity, it's still gonna be you right? You're, you're, it's, it's still going to be you, only it's going to be perfect you. It's going to be the new improved model, right? You're going to be Christ-like you, and you're going to be healed and perfect physically and mentally and spiritually and relationally, and that is going to be an amazing day because that day we're going to become the humans that Adam and Eve were supposed to become. We're going to become the humans that all of humanity is supposed to have been. 
And we're gonna become the humans that God created us to be. We're gonna be perfect. Think we're gonna be, we're gonna be perfect. Our relationships with God and with each other are gonna be perfect. Our minds, we're gonna have the mind of Christ. Spiritually, our spirit will be fully joined with the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 even tells us that we're gonna get perfected bodies. So all the old people, come on, right? That's gonna be awesome on that day when Jesus comes back. Now there's a lot of like speculation about exactly what that day's gonna look like and the Bible leaves a lot of gaps and it doesn't tell us exactly how things are gonna go so people love to argue about what it's gonna look like on that day. But let me tell you what Paul says about part of that day. This is in 1 Thessalonians 4:16. He says, the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And first the believers who have died will rise from their graves. What the heck, right? So this, I, I guess, so when, people, when believers have died in all the years leading up to this day, what's happened? Their bodies and their spirits have been separated, right? And their spirit has been, the spiritual them, has been with Jesus. Remember we told the guy on the cross, today you will be with me, and your spirit will be with my spirit in paradise. So these, all these dead believers, their spirits have been separated from their bodies, their spirits have been with Jesus, their bodies have been rotting and decomposing in the ground and eaten by worms. <laughs> I just wanted to say that for some reason, I don't know why. And then, so on this day, their bodies are going to be like reunited with their spirits. So this is just another regular day, right? Um, and um, so I'm, this is going to be flying zombies, right? <laughs> Rising up to meet Jesus. And so if you think people are freaked out by seeing the walking dead on TV, wait till they see the flying dead, <laughs> for real. And so and, and the, the day just gets weirder and weirder. Look at verse 17. Then, together with all those dead people, um, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and then we will be with the Lord forever. So, according to 1 Thessalonians, it looks like on the day Jesus comes back, first the dead, and then the rest of us will go to meet Jesus in the sky. And it looks like, according to uh, Philippians 1.6, that on that day that Jesus comes back, we're going to be perfected physically and mentally and spiritually and relationally. So, I'm not super clear on the timeline of exactly um, when we're gonna be perfected physically on that day. Like, does it happen like while we're going up? Does it happen right, right when we get to Jesus? I don't know. But it's gonna be a weird day because I guess crutches will be falling from the sky. Huh, we're not gonna, we're not gonna need them anymore and it will be raining leg braces and glasses and prosthetics and pacemakers and as our bodies rise up and become perfect hair pieces <laughs> and false teeth will be falling everywhere and you really want to make it that day because you do not want to be here for this right and now like tumors and zits and blobs of fat will be raining down all over the world as our bodies are made perfect, just, just like in the garden. But wait, there's more. Because as our bodies become perfect, it's not just our bodies, because also 
Our relationships will be made perfect that day. So now there will be no more anger or hate or betrayal or lying or even awkwardness. And our minds will be made perfect. So there'll be no more depression. There'll be no more anxiety and there'll be no more bipolar disorder and there'll be no more confusion or dementia or trauma or addiction. We will have total, complete, permanent, perfect peace of mind. And so we will be with the Lord forever. And some of you are getting little glimpses of that now as, as you're experiencing partial healings of your body and of your relationships and of your mind. But on that day, it's gonna be complete and perfect healing. And we can put a lot of hope in that day and we should put a lot of hope in that day. But today, we're gonna talk about managing the meanwhile. Because that day sounds great. We put a lot of hope in that, but what do we put our hope in in between now and then? And particularly with mental health, because I know that a lot of you have asked God a million times to, to heal your depression or to heal your anxiety or your PTSD or whatever your mental issues are. You've, you've, you've prayed over and over and over for healing and it hasn't happened yet. And it's starting to look like God is asking you to wait until Jesus comes back and it seemed like a long time to wait. So how can we hold on to hope and how do we manage the meanwhile till Jesus comes back and heals us completely? And so for one thing, we talked about this last week, in faith we seek healing, right? And whether that's medical, whether that's supernatural, whether that's changing your diet or your sleep patterns or your exercise, we manage the meanwhile by doing everything we can to participate in our own healing. And for another thing, um, to give you hope, you can know that you're not alone because there's lots of people that are praying for all kinds of healing and, and, and they're hoping and they're waiting and they're doing everything right. And, and just like you, they're, they're going to the doctors and they have faith and they're prayerful and, and, and God isn't healing them yet. And they're good people and they're Christian people and they're people that God loves. And in fact, one of them was Paul. So today, we're gonna check out his situation and see what we can learn from Paul about managing the meanwhile. So the text is 2 Corinthians 12, 7, and it's Paul talking, and he says, to keep me from being proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Now when I think of a thorn, what are you, what are you picturing there? That's like a, like a rose bush or something, a little like quarter inch, half inch thorn. Um, this word in Greek is uh, the word skolops, and it actually kind of just means pointed. So we've, we've translated it to thorn. It could be a thorn. It could be a little thorn like that. It could also be those giant stakes that they impaled people on, right? Also skolops, right? Um, and when it describes like fortified cities, and they've got those two big wood things before razor wire, right? They had the pointed, jagged, wooden things up there, skolops. And so... I don't know what exactly he's talking about, but I know it's bad, right? And I know it's painful, and I know it's a metaphor for something awful in Paul's life. And so, um, do you know what Paul's thorn was? Nobody does. We, we don't really know what his thorn was. Um, it, some people think it was his vision. 
that he was blind or almost blind. Um, some people think his thorn in the flesh was the Roman government. They were chasing him around, they were arresting him for nothing, they were whipping him and beating him and throwing him in prison all the time. Um, some people think that his thorn was guilt, that he just couldn't shake, feeling bad about all the stuff that he had done before he met Jesus. I, don't, I mean, we don't know. Maybe it was a mental illness, we don't know. But what I do know is that it was causing Paul a lot of pain, because look what he says. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. And in first century Hebrew, three matters. Three is like the, the number of completion. And so this might mean specifically three times. More likely what Paul is really saying is, I'm, I completely begged him. I begged him with everything that I have to take this thing away from me. And look what he says, verse nine. Each time God said, no, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So Paul says, now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. And that's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults and hardships and persecutions and trouble that I suffer for Christ because when I am weak, then I'm strong. So maybe you or maybe somebody that you love has a mental health issue and maybe that mental health issue is like Paul's thorn. And, it's, and it's, it's like it's ruining your life. And you've prayed and you've begged God completely, just, just take it away. And God just keeps saying, no, my grace is sufficient. I'm gonna heal you when Jesus comes back. But in the meanwhile, I'm not taking you out of this trouble. I'm taking you through it. And if that's you, then you are in the meanwhile. And it's really hard. And so today I wanna to give you three ideas that I hope can, can help you find some hope in your meanwhile. Here's the first idea. Satan sent it. Satan sent it. So if you're wrestling with your own thorn of depression, or anxiety, or negativity, or PTSD, you need to know where it's coming from, and maybe more importantly, you need to know where it's not coming from, because it's not coming from God. In verse seven, Paul said, his thorn was a messenger from who? From Satan. And mental illness is not what God wants for you. He doesn't want that for anyone. In fact, mental illness wouldn't even exist if we were still, if man would have just stayed in God's plan. God's original plan was for us to have this amazing life, physically, mentally, supernaturally, spiritually, relationally, right? He was, that was the original plan, and when Satan introduced sin, and when man chose sin, then he chose his way instead of God's way. And that's what brought mental illness, and relational brokenness, and physical death and all kinds of human suffering, and that, that breaks God's heart. It's not from him. If you're managing a, a thorny meanwhile, you need to know that God loves you and he hates your suffering. If you're a parent, you can probably understand this. Maybe you remember a time when your kid was sick or hurt, and maybe it was a skinned knee or some silly little thing, or maybe it was something horrible Maybe it was a real surgery or some horrible thing that they had to go through. Or maybe it was a time when they were really scared 
And they were, they were just crying and begging. And you thought, I would give anything if I could take that on me instead of having to watch them suffer. In the New Testament, the most common way God is portrayed is as a good, loving father. He sees you the same way. And when he, he doesn't want you to go through that any more than you want your kids to go through that. And when you are depressed or when you're anxious or when you're scared in that hardest, darkest, scariest place, when you're crying out to him in pain, you need to know that your father is crying with you. He hates your pain. And I think that like the first thing we need to hold on to if we're gonna have any hope in this is if we're gonna manage the meanwhile, we have to know mental illness is not what God wants for you. It is not from God. Satan sent it. Second idea, God can get you through it. Even if it's, even if it's a lifelong battle, and I'm gonna tell you something, um, it might be a lifelong battle. If you're struggling with, with a mental health issue right now, the reality is that you might never not struggle with a mental health issue that you have right now. If you're struggling with addiction, if you have chronic depression or anxiety, you might always have to take medicine or you might always need to be in therapy or you might always be monitoring your eating and your sleeping and your exercise, just like somebody with diabetes might always have to monitor their diet and their blood sugar or take insulin. And, and I'm not gonna lie, man, that, that is hard. That is hard. But God can get you through it. I mean, he got Paul through it. Right? And, and, and Paul didn't just get through his thorn. Right? He didn't just survive. He, Paul thrived, man. He, he traveled the whole world. He, he planted churches. He, he changed history. He wrote half of the New Testament, all while managing his meanwhile, all while working around his thorn. And so can you. God wants to show his strength in you. And the fact that you're weak on your own doesn't limit that. In fact, it might even help because look, that 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says God's power works best in weakness, especially if you can really learn to trust him, especially if you can really learn to lean into him. God can get you through it. Um, there's an old expression that says God won't let life give you more than you can handle. How many have heard that? How many of you agree with me? That is BS. Right, that is blatantly stupid, right? That, that is, that's not, that, life gives us more than we can handle all the time, right? For some people, it's every day. The verse that people are thinking about is a verse that says God won't allow a temptation to come to you that's so great you can't overcome it, but it does not say, it does not say. The Bible, God does not promise that you won't face struggles and brokenness and illness that are too hard for you to handle on your own. What he does promise is that you'll never be on your own. Because that he's with you to comfort you and to strengthen you and to encourage you and to help you. And if you have a real struggle with mental health, it, it probably is more than you can handle on your own but you're not. God can get you through it, through his spirit and through his people 
and with the same power that he used to create everything and the same power that he used to divide the sea for people to walk through and the same power that he, David killed Goliath, the same power that Jesus walked out of his grave, God can help you. And, and the meanwhile can be really hard, but God is really powerful and he's really loving and he loves you perfectly and he can get you through it. And I'm gonna tell you, there's even like a little hidden blessing in, in, the, in the really hard meanwhile. Um, have you ever noticed that you experience Jesus differently in really hard stuff? Like you feel closer to him or something? I think, I think really hard times are when we really see who Jesus really is. He said he would never leave us. He said he would never forsake us. And I mean, that's, that's cool, but it doesn't seem like that big a deal when things are going great. But when you're really struggling with confusion or depression or anxiety, it means everything to know that God is with you. It specifically says he's close to the brokenhearted. So if you're brokenhearted right now, you should know He's close, and he loves you, and he's for you, and he's with you, and he may want to use this meanwhile as a chance to show you that. It's hard, but, but God can get you through it. And in fact, now this may sound impossible right now, but he can even give you peace in the meanwhile. He can even give you contentment in the meanwhile. He can even give you joy. Even in your struggle, even in the meanwhile, even with the thorns. Um, there's a great verse, Philippians 4.13. Everybody knows it because it's on everybody's coffee mugs and bumper stickers and stuff. And it says, I can do everything through Christ because he gives me strength, right? That's a great verse. I got it on, I got it on my bracelets right now. It's, that's an awesome verse. And we use it all the time, don't we, to like encourage ourselves. Oh, I can get an A. I can do all things through Christ because he gives me strength. I could run a marathon. I could do all things through Christ because he gives me strength. I could win the sales contest. I could get into that college. I can fix my marriage. I can lose that weight. I can do everything through Christ because he gives me strength. And that's true. That's awesome. Um, that is not the context that Paul was talking in, right? He wasn't talking about <laughs> winning. He was talking about losing. What Paul was really describing, take it, read it. Read the verses before. <laughs> Don't just skip down to the bumper sticker. Read the verses above it right there because what it really says, Paul is saying, I've learned that I can be content in every circumstance. I can have peace and joy no matter what's going on in my life. I don't care if they're arresting me, whipping me, beating me, throwing me in prison, trying to kill me. I don't care if I get bit by a snake. I don't care if I get shipwrecked. I can have joy in every single situation. And so you might ask, Paul, how can you have joy when all this horrible stuff has happened to you? And Paul's saying, oh, I can do everything through Christ because he gives me strength. I think he, when everything was horrible, and scary, Paul, that's when he felt the strength of Christ, not just to get him through, but to actually give him contentment and to actually give him joy. And he's not better than you. And the spirit in him is the same spirit that's in you. If you're a believer, the spirit of Jesus is in you. And it's not just to give you the strength to overcome or to endure or to suck it up until sweet death comes, right? It's not just that. He wants to give you the strength to find comfort and to find contentment 
and to even find joy even in your meanwhile. And so I just want to encourage you, no matter what you are managing, if it's depression, if it's anxiety, if it's PTSD, even if God doesn't take away your thorn until Jesus comes back, you can be happy. You can experience contentment and peace and even joy through Jesus in spite of your thorn. And your, your thorn may be incredibly hard. Your meanwhile may be really, really difficult. You, your mental health situation may seem almost unbearable. And you know what? You may be dealing with it for a long time, maybe even until Jesus comes back. But the truth is, God may not take you out of it, but he will get you through it. In fact, the last idea, God can even use it. If you're, if you're struggling with a mental health issue, man, I, and I'm so sorry, and, 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 and I, your pain is real, and I don't know why God hasn't decided to take it away yet, and someday he will. Someday he will heal you and redeem you and restore you completely. And meanwhile, I hope you can find a little hope in knowing that even though Satan sent your pain, God doesn't waste it. He can actually use it for good. I think this is what Isaiah was talking about when he said God is bringing beauty from ashes. Right? He's taking something that's, 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 that's horrible and ugly and out of that thing he's bringing something that's beautiful and good. Paul said Satan sent his thorn but God used it to teach him humility, to make him more like Jesus. And, and Satan sent your thorn, even if it's a mental illness, but God can use your mental health issue to mature you or to teach you compassion or to teach you trust or to teach you to lean into him. You know, Paul's thorn, whatever it was, right, whatever it was, clearly it was a big deal to Paul, right? Paul's a pretty proud guy, if you read, um, and yet he admits that he begged God to take it away. Doesn't it strike you weird that even though it was such a big deal, right? It's such a big deal. He begged God to take it away. And yet when you read the story, we don't even know what it was. Do you think, do you think that's a mistake? You think like when God was writing the Bible, he forgot to put that in? Or do you think maybe this is a brilliant literary device to show us that as huge as that thorn was to Paul compared to what God did in Paul and compared to what God did through Paul the thorn wasn't even worth talking about it's like God made Paul so amazing and he made Paul so beautiful that what his thorn was has become comparatively irrelevant. I mean, compared to the amazing transformation that God accomplished in Paul and the incredible stuff that God did through Paul, the thorn wasn't even important enough to make it into the story. And if you're struggling with a mental health issue, it, it probably seems like a really big deal right now. You know why? Because it is a really big deal right now. It is a really, really big deal. But maybe God is going to use this thorn to do something 
that we can't see yet. Maybe God is gonna do something in you that is so amazing that comparatively this huge, ugly thorn will seem like nothing. It won't even seem worth mentioning compared to the beauty that God wants to use it to bring out in you. And not, and not just in you. You know, God, God may even use your brokenness to bring healing and help and hope to someone else. I mean, maybe, may, maybe you struggle with mental health and some kind of issue or sickness, and, and, you, and you thought that that somehow disqualified you for doing something for Jesus. It's like, oh, I can't do anything that matters. I can't do anything for the kingdom. I can't do anything for Jesus because of my anxiety or because of my depression. I, I, how could God use me? I'm, you know, I'm too broken. I'm too broken to be used, but can I tell you something? Your brokenness may not only not disqualify you, your brokenness might uniquely qualify you to help somebody else who's struggling too because you know what they're going through. So I'll tell you, um, one of my heroes is in the room right now. And I won't look at her because she's gonna cry and then I cry, it's a big mess. But it's Christy Aldridge. So a lot of you know Christy and she's awesome. Amazing wife, an awesome mom, a wonderful friend. She's an amazing follower of Jesus. I'm going to tell you that her faithfulness is a huge inspiration to me. And God's faithfulness to her is a huge inspiration to me, just to see how he has held her and loved her and used her to help other people in spite of her own mental health issues. God has brought amazing beauty from the ashes of Christie's life. And all, mental illness has been a tragic part of her life since she was born. She was, she was abused in every conceivable way by the people that were supposed to be loving her and who obviously had mental health issues of their own. Her mother was bipolar, alcoholic, drug addict. She constantly brought abusive men into Christie's life. And from a baby, all through her childhood, Christie was subjected to every horrific thing you can imagine for a little girl. And so she left home as a young girl and of course landed right in a horrible relationship with an abusive man. And thankfully God delivered her from that and now she has an awesome husband and a wonderful family. But like all of us, and particularly like those of us who have been through stuff like that, Christy is broken. And she's been diagnosed and treated for PTSD, for chronic depression, anxiety, bipolar two. She suffered through postpartum depression, postpartum psychosis, and she struggles every single day with her illness and the illness of people that she loves. But through the power of Christ, she keeps going. And she's doing just what we said. She's seeking healing in every way. She, she is rolling up her mat, man. She's doing everything she can. Medically, she's seen all kinds of doctors. She takes medication, all kinds of therapy. Supernaturally, she prays and her family prays and her life group prays and her church prays every day that God will supernaturally heal her. But 
for now. God has not healed her. And it would be easy for Christy to give up. And I'm sure she's thought about it lots of times. Because it is hard every hour of every day. And she knows that she may be managing this meanwhile till Jesus comes back. But she also knows that this is from Satan and not from God. And she knows that God loves her completely. And she also knows that she can't handle this on her own, so she doesn't try. She leans into Jesus and she trusts him completely and, and depends on his presence and his power to keep her going. She's completely depending on him to get her through this. And she's letting God use her thorn. And he's not wasting her pain. Through her illness, God has taught her patience and faith. that I can't even understand. And through her illness, he has made her so loving and compassionate and kind. Just the best mom. Through her illness, he's given her a Christ-like humility. that is just so beautiful. And God's not just using her pain to make her more like Jesus or to grow her. Through Christy, God, God's using her pain and her illness, her thorn, to bring healing and help and hope to other people. In fact, Christy is co-leading a support group that we have here called Journey of Hope. And that group ministers to people that have family and friends that are struggling with mental illness. Even in her brokenness, Christy is experiencing God's love. And so can you. Even in her brokenness, she's living every day in his power, in his presence, even in his joy. And so can you. And even in her brokenness, she's being made more and more like Jesus. And so can you. And even in her brokenness, she is seeing God love and change other people through her. And so can you. So for right now, God has not completely healed Christy. And that is really hard. But she knows for sure that someday he will. Even if she has to wait for Jesus to come back. Christy is managing the meanwhile. So if you are struggling with a mental health issue, we're going to pray for healing for you. We're not afraid to do that. Maybe God will heal you supernaturally or naturally or medically before Jesus comes back. Or maybe he will heal you ultimately when Jesus comes back. And if that's what's going to happen, you got to manage the meanwhile. And you have to find hope in these truths that Satan sent this, not God. God loves you completely and he hates your pain. And God can get you through this. He can even give you joy in the meanwhile. 
And God can even use this thorn to make you more like Jesus and to bring healing and help and hope to others. He will either get you out of this or he'll get you through this. And there is great hope in that. And that hope helped Paul do amazing things in spite of his thorn. And that hope is helping Christy manage her meanwhile. And my prayer is that it helps you too. Let's pray. God, we've seen the numbers. I mean, I know statistically there's a lot of people in this room that are struggling with real mental health issues. And they're tired and they're frustrated and they're asking for your healing. And Lord, we know that you can heal and we know that you do heal. We also know that miracles by nature are rare and that a lot of times that's not the answer that you choose. We know that for a lot of us, we're gonna be struggling and managing this meanwhile until you come back for us. And we thank you for the hope and the promise that on that day we'll be completely healed, but we, we need your help finding hope now. We need your hope managing this meanwhile. So God, I just, first of all, I just pray for healing. And we're not afraid to ask. You're our Father, you love us, you can do anything. And we just pray that you will bring healing, whether that's supernatural or natural or medical. We just pray that, Lord, I've already got reports last week that you'll give us a new report this week of somebody that you have completely miraculously healed. Lord, we pray for your healing. And we pray for those of us that are waiting. We pray for those of us that are waiting for Jesus to come back. We pray for those of us who are managing our meanwhile. Will you remind us when it's hard that you, this is not from you. This is not from you. You love us and you hate our pain. Will you remind us that you can get us through this thing and not only we can survive it, but we can actually thrive and in spite of our illness, we can find contentment and peace and joy in this life. And God, will you remind us that you can even use this brokenness to shape us and mold us and make us more like Jesus and that you could even use us for your glory and for your kingdom and to bring hope and help and healing to other people. God, I thank you because you are bigger than our illness. You're not afraid of our illness. You can even use our illness for good. So God, I just pray for all of us, whatever, whatever like degree we struggle with this stuff, that it will point us to you. You're our provider, you're our loving father. You can use us. So God, remind us of who you are and remind us of our identity. Remind us of who we are. We are not defined by this illness. We're defined by the fact that we are your children, created in your image, saved by your son, Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Amen. That is it. God bless you guys. Have a great week. I will see you next week.